Welcome to Wacker Slaps, where we look back into the annals of 2000s indie music to determine if an album, band, or entire musical movement was actually good, or just the product of the hype machine of that time. Like all great podcasts, this is a direct spinoff of an unhinged group text that simply refuses to die. I am your host, Caleb, as always, and I am joined by the dopest, flyest, OG pimp hustler, gangster player, hardcore motherfuckers living today. And to be honest, I'm totally and completely on there. On there. What? I don't want to go there, but <laughs> welcome aboard, guys. Oh boy. Hey, I'm Noah, and I'm just sitting here. I don't say much. I just gaze. Yeah, nice. And I'm Adrian, your friendly producer, and I'm just a rascal. Just a rascal. The other one I thought would be good is I'm Caleb, and I like this. Gulls. You like what? Gulls. Gulls. Like, I don't even know how to say it, but he says yeah. girls. I love how he says a smile. I yeah. smiled for a while. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. he is just a rascal. Yeah. Well, welcome aboard. Uh, this is Wacker Slaps, as always. And um, yeah, this is episode 49. 49 yeah 49 and uh you know tribute to all of our favorite uh all of our favorite football team <laughs> yeah san francisco 49ers go niners oh god this is raiders raiders country yeah, this is a raider nation adrian did you have any allegiance your family 49ers or raiders because we grew up in the because we need to explain the point. Yeah, no, no, the, no, we need to explain to our listeners that Santa Rica, California is this weird vacuum <laughs> because you have as many people who are Cowboys, 49ers, Raiders. Can't forget the Rams. Those it's three. All there's there's feral Rams fans here and there. And then there's even Chargers fans, old school San Diego yeah, Chargers fans. There is old school Chargers fans. But it's so there's like five football teams, but it's all Dodger. It's all Dodger Nation. Yeah. Domination. I I always say, Caleb, if you're ever driving up the 101, mm -hmm. once you from Santa Maria to uh Salinas yeah. is where the, the hats start switching from when you're like know, at the gas station buying Dodgers six, to you Giants, can kind of notice. Yeah, yeah. Raiders to, the Raiders and the Niners hats start evening out but yeah <laughs> but but where we grew up was equal yeah cowboys niners and raiders yep. raiders were the most aggressive we were a niners family to answer your question yeah, yeah. You were see that see i'm nobody's surprised because like i'm not surprised by that at all i didn't even know that but it's no like, i, I was a, kind of i had a niner. sick ass niners uh starter jacket actually when i was a little little kid it's pretty yeah, pretty dope. It like 95 yeah like yeah gold satin See, even in, yeah. in our in our same household, I was more of a Niners because I loved like Jerry Rice, and then Caleb yeah. was a Raiders because he went to some Raiders games. Went to some Raiders games. I was exposed to some harrowing shit yeah. when I was twelve. <laughs> yeah, those are Oof. And pretty then burly. Our dad, our dad, <laughs> although he doesn't admit it, was a Rams fan back in the seventies. Yeah, <laughs> but he, uh, he, I think he stopped following them when they moved to Orange County. 
mm-hmm. like so not even before they moved back to st louis <laughs> or moved to st louis he was like oh fuck yeah. it they like they gave up on la they moved to orange county <laughs> yeah. like so that would have been like i don't even know like in the 80s sometimes but yeah, yeah there's like a he used to have like a little rams beanie and shit but now they're back you know they've come home um, Yeah. do you guys think there's a football podcast or should we start that I think that might be a vertical we could get on the ground floor of. When we yeah. expand our podcast empire, we can, uh, yeah, we got, we yeah. got our basketball Foot- podcast, we got our football podcast. We need, of course, you I know there's a the couple, couple sports basketball gambling podcasts. Podcast. Yeah. There's a couple basketball podcasts I've heard of. Uh, football, I don't know that. I don't know. That might be untapped. I will say this. I've been to a 49ers football game, and it was cool. I've been to... Uh, Raiders game and it was scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's tight. It's tight. The the two times I went to Raiders games, I was on the 50 yard line front row, basically, uh behind the opposing team. Yeah, that's where so you that's want. that's yeah. where you want to be. Like I found out what the uh they were playing the um Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Warren Sapp was on the team at the time, mm. and oh, the boy. chant went uh sap has clap so um uh, i was what's clap yeah learning experience uh, for everybody i had yeah i learned about you know bd that day um i just wanted to watch some football and then it was funny the next year probably warren sap ended up playing for the raiders he yeah he did very soon after that very soon after that and then they also had that dude um big ass here i think he was like a lineman he had like a Polish name. He got busted for oh, yeah. pills. Oh, Romanowski. <laughs> yeah, Romanowski. Man. And someone, Those they were yelling days. at Romanowski. They're like, Romanowski, you fucking pillhead. You fucking junkie. He like turned around. He like shook his head. He's like, yeah, I am. You're right. He was like that, goat in the crowd. That was what that was, was so funny about kind of Bay Area rivalries or California rivalries. It was like Romanowski played for both I yeah. think the Raiders and the Niners. So like. Kind of like your loyalties change very quickly in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. Especially On any NFL. given Sunday. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyways. I, I was always a fan of the uh, football robot. Robot. Oh, uh, oh what's his name? Fox? Bubba? No. Fuck, what was Cletus. it? Cletus. Cletus, right? Like Cleet us. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The Fox one. The yeah. Fox one, yeah. What's the music? It's like, but I'm say what you will Something about like just like the bugged out jingoistic like graphics package for the NFL, <laughs> for, especially on Fox. But mm-hmm. the music fucking kind of bangs. Yeah, it, it, it it's effective. Anyways, 49ers, 49th episode. Let's not waste too much time on these fucking bits because yeah. Why don't we journey <laughs> to a place in the world that doesn't give a fuck about football american well, football anyways not, the yeah. band and the sport uh what are Foot, we covering today foot, noah football Footy. today we have from the year 2003 correct dizzy rascal boy in the corner his debut album That's i'll right. just go ahead and say it right now it's at least in the top 20 of debut albums all might, genres of debut albums, not just rap. You're saying, well, yes, 
Well, wow. yeah. Hmm? I actually, I was gonna just I was gonna quantify it. There's a lot rap. of heavy hitters. Quant- just qualified. The rap. I was gonna qualify it with rap, but no. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's put it in the debut twenty of all time. Wow. Certainly, I think twenty of all time hip hop, and I would think at least twenty top twenty of the two thousands mm. albums, mm. or mm. top ten of two thousands hip hop. And I would okay. put it as like on the hundred greatest rap albums. I would put it at like a hundred and one, like knocking on the door, uh, <laughs> yeah. just right outside, looking in. I hear you. Interesting, yeah. interesting breakdown. Anyways, oh, that's, a, that's a good breakdown. That was our episode. That was a lot of numbers. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> showing a lot up. of numbers. I'm like, um, let's rate this that baby. meme of uh, the Zach Galifianakis with from The Hangover. You just doing, throw all those numbers. Calculations. And, yeah, I just throw all those numbers and figures at me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I trust you, brother. I'm back my brother's play. Well, I got a number for you. What's that? It's the pitchfork score. Oh, nice. what did Pitchfork give this album? Yeah, so let's dive right in, shall we? So Pitchfork gave this a nine point four, which Damn. pretty high for them, especially then. It. Well, what is that in metric? <laughs> uh Ninety mil, ninety point. I don't know. Uh, I I'm gonna abandon that bit immediately. But uh, <laughs> they did get a best new music, and which it was early on in the best new music. I think it was a few months out from the christening of BNM, and it was reviewed by our old friend Scott Plaganoff from last week, I believe, or our last episode, I should say. And I did pull an excerpt. This was actually a really kind of more long form essay about the album not too long just compared to some of the other ones we've done recently which were much shorter but i did have a little piece here that goes into a bit of what uh, makes dizzy rascal on this record uh so interesting and important so here we go on his debut album boy in the corner 18 year old dizzy rascal instantly stakes a claim that east london is hip-hop's next great international outpost East London, Rascal's World is precisely that small, and it returns a sense of rueful perspective to hip-hop lost among the soundtrack tie-ins, Godzilla aping bone crusher videos, and 50 Cent style and mixtape myth-making. In basic ways, Rascal echoes the wish-fulfillment of much of American hip-hop, but he's hardly mimicking their act. Rascal is at ground level, eyes trained on his immediate surroundings. His rhymes, and especially his beats, reflect his area's desperate social, economic, and political landscape. Often, this desolation hardens an MC's psyche. Styles gets high every day to combat his mental strain. Or delivery. This summer's post-ecstasy swing toward punishing sounds and pugnacious looks threatens to bleed the personality, humor, and adventure out of hip-hop. But to Wonderkin Rascal, the accelerated disintegration of his immediate world pains him, absolutely wounds him. And it's the Tupac-esque mix of brio and vulnerability, along with his dexterous cadence and gutter beats, that separates his rhymes from the typical money-cash-hose triptych. Yeah, that's so pretty I good. Think, I yeah, I think it's without good. the gatekeeping about hip hop, that <laughs> yeah. no shade bro, on the money cash hose, kind of yeah, style or right. about being sure. on a soundtrack, or but you got to remember, or like mythologizing yourself. Don't all musicians mythologize themselves? Sure, to some level, but I think you got to remember this is you know, yeah, 2003 yeah. pitchfork. It's yeah, a little they, bit more acerbic, a little bit more like post collegiate, intellectual. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna words. go on a limb here. This guy was a white person <laughs> playing off i would imagine yes probably um but okay this opens up the door 
to let's get into what this guy's deal was, Dizzy Rascal. For sure. Mm-hmm. In the year 2003, this 19-year-old kid. 18. 18-year-old 18. 18 kid making his debut album, producing the whole fucking thing pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like On XL Records, too. Pretty mm-hmm. big label. Like, that's, yeah. that's no short feat. No. But this guy. They're there in London. I would say his deal is like he's like international hip hop, like throwing down the gauntlet. Like he's like, yeah, I listen to Houston rap. I listen to Atlanta sounds. I listen to bounce. I listen to old school rap. Like he, mm-hmm. he kind of, I mean, his deal is, I guess the genre would be grime, right? Grime. Yeah. Which is what's happening. Evolution. So basically yeah. how it, it broke down was that in the 90s, I mean, England's always, since the 80s, and even from the 60s, it's, it's always been a sort of an electronic music thing going, strain going through the country. But especially starting in the 80s, you know, you get raves, you get, uh, you know, acid and uh, jungle wow. and drum and bass. And then you kind of get these evolutions of different kinds of dance music. And so there's UK Garage, which was very big in the late 90s and and right or up Gerich. until the early 2000s. Yeah, and this is right around the time that that's starting to wane and, and these sort of offshoots start coming up, you know, two-step and two, some other two things. Step, yeah. Um, yeah. But grime basically emerges out of this where all these young kids are sort, sort of taking some of the garage sounds but making it a little bit more darker, a little bit more interesting and um a little bit more yeah. sub bass heavy and it's uh it's moving in a different direction it's kind of an but it's yeah. an evolution of the british sort of electronic and th- sound and i think that's why this album was so effective was it was representing kind of you know a, in terms of culture output england is unmatched maybe next to like the united states or whatever you know in terms of popular music or whatever but like the their output of rap and hip-hop is I don't know. It was a little shrouded in mystery, but like very popular, like regionally, right? But like for us American kids, and like to our ears, this was kind of a, yeah. I don't know, one of like maybe one of the first like you had Slick Rick of and that was sound. About yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Slick Rick like made his bones in the United States. Yeah, like he was a New York rapper, you well, know. But I, I think also it just wasn't as big of a like DJs would would rap and do toasting and things like that but it wasn't as big as it was here so it wasn't really as big as in that culture until until grime and guys like dizzy rascal just started to to do their own thing and 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 rap over their beats just singing or rapping in a british accent was a revolutionary thing because like different it's gonna sound different beatles sing like like americans yeah they're trying to rip on elvis yeah really brothers um you know there was a bunch of British reggae bands, but they sing like the Jamaican and African diaspora, you know, that that's how they sing. So Mm -hmm. is this was truly like, I won't say it's the first guy to rap like a British dude, but like in the history, Mike Skinner existed by this point, right? Yeah, I know. But like at the time it was very rare to hear a guy sound so British Mm -hmm but sounds so influenced by American music to, to sound like Houston rap, to sound like Atlanta dance rap, to sound like old school Eric B and Rakim raps, to sound like the history of hip hop and be like, yes, 
uh, to sound like Nas or whatever, to sound like a, a debut album that's like, yes, I'm taking all these little influences from from the United States and like making it a very extremely British slang kind of. Well, I'll, I'll push back version a little a bit on that though. No, I feel like he's also very well steeped in in grime and two step and all of that, and like, mm-hmm. and which was and would well, in like, term it was a little bit different scale. At least my understanding of it is, it was more like akin to like a like bedroom pop or whatever. You yeah. know, it's like oh, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. they were making it in small like you know housing estates yeah. and things, and it was but which it does have some sort of like like you know material like kind of continuities with what you know why people would why memphis rap sounds like it does or why houston rap sounds like it does you know where you're using kind of smaller setups you know to make beats and everything so it's a little bit more minimal instruments so you make your own yeah but which i think is like super interesting is like the conversation between like you know all yeah. those different scenes across it sounds across very specific ocean. but yet sounds very worldly and what is what is yeah. tapping into well i mean it, the the specific universality exists in specificity i guess he, yeah exactly because he's you know he is rapping about very specific things to his life living in you know this council you know area of london or whatever and and so he's speaking directly to that but because of that like you're saying it it feels universal because he is talking about the teenage ship through the lens of someone living in london but it's love it's you know it's your friends getting into trouble it's you know dealing with drugs dealing with insecurity dealing with with girls into gangs whatever yeah girls birds so there's it's 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 very much in line with a lot of things that were going on in the country. And yes, he's pulling from a lot of different things coming outside the country. Well, I'm going to get into a little bit of his background, but Caleb, he definitely started off as a DJ knowing his shit. He met someone who turned him onto a bunch of records and stuff. So he was very much schooling himself in the electronic music, rap music, hip hop music art form as he was making this record and and learning how to produce and learning how to, you know, yeah. uh, to, to, to be dizzy rascal basically. Yeah. But uh, I guess, you guys just, have... Caleb, just yeah, your but... question, his deal. I mean, the general genre at the time would be like grime. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just in a broader sense of what we know now, his deal is he made one of the greatest debut hip hop albums of all time. Yeah. And and also a teenager. That was definitely his deal, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. you know, that's, a big that, part that's of the like, story. Yeah. Well, like, you know, you, you made like the Nas comparison earlier. You know, you know, that's 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 one Another, great parallel. Yeah. Yeah. He made Illmatic when he was like whatever, 17, 17 or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's like that. That is such a like huge context to, to this record. It is like, yeah. Yeah. And we'll go into it too with our, you know, histories, our current reactions later and stuff. But like yeah, that the just youthful, you know, exploratory uh, mind and radio how... the LL Cool J album. Like yeah, exactly. Sixteen exactly. year old kid. Well, uh, that like that youthful. permeates this album so much. Even yeah. like being like kind of naive and like you know like yeah. how that can kind of create and, very interesting textures too, you know, lyrically and whatnot. So well, and then I think me, you, and AJ, we got we've been texting and we're like, if this album was dropped today, it would sound as fresh as it ever does. 
mm-hmm. because there's so many young kids that can just produce their own albums and put it on SoundCloud or whatever. And like starting about 10 years ago, there was this whole kind of emo rap, SoundCloud rap, like kids in their bedroom being very introspective, you know, thinking about like little peep and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. and he was like 10 years ahead of that as far as, you know, like there was a time when like, yeah, bacon just kind of intimate bedroomy kind of like, yeah. When all these uh, young rappers started wearing like Tupac shirts, but like Nirvana shirts at the same time, mm-hmm. like, like this kind of almost like grungy kind of sad emo stuff kind of rap. But, anyway yeah well the, on the other part like what how it resonates today is like you know you have like new york drill and shit that is produced by like british yeah. folks like there's so like and it's drill like comes out of this right yeah yeah in, in a way but then you have like this whole subset of british drill that influences new york drill and then you have mm-hmm. british dudes doing beats for new york yeah. and chicago guys and it's like this is and it's like it's dope how global it's how it's gotten yeah. But when yeah, this well, album came out, it was it was a little bit more, yeah, kind of in a vacuum. At least, like I said, like I put this on the context of you know us and like how yeah. we would have heard it, you know, and, and yeah, and it it was honestly like it's from England, but it's exotic. At least to us, where it's just like, whoa, I didn't know that British people like were allowed to rap. Like I didn't even well, know this was. I don't think. Yeah, I don't, was I don't think. Thing. I don't know. It's just like you hear it and your 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 like perception of the English music is like some of the most popular music ever made. The Beatles, like fucking well, Bud Zeppelin, Radiohead. At that time, M- you hear MF Doom. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, people who made careers in England, but yeah. 21 yeah. Savage. <laughs> yeah, well, if Adrian, if, give us some history or say yes, something else. I have some. I was going to say, if we're, uh, if we kind of um, finish with what his deal was or the his context then let's get into some album background here so boy in the corner was recorded from october of 2001 to march of 2003 it was produced by dizzy rascal himself with additional production from chubby dread molders mr cage taz and vanguard those are just some of the other there's some a couple other grime guys and and grog guys and then i think vanguard with his uh there's an interesting story behind that guy but uh it also featured some additional vocals from Wiley, who was another big grime artist, still a big grime artist. God's Gift, Taz, Armor of Nasty, Armor of Nasty Crew, Janine Jocks, Caramel, and Claire Cottrell doing some of those female vocals that are interspersed throughout the record. It was released by XL Recordings, as we mentioned earlier, which is a very, very big indie record label in, uh, in England. It, I mean, they've released Adele, Azalea Banks, Arca, Radiohead, White Stripes, uh, King Cruel, you know, a lot of big artists. And it was released on July 21st, 2003 in the UK and the following year in January of 2004 here in the US. It is his debut studio album, as Noah mentioned. And Dizzy Rascal himself, real name Dylan Mills, began as an amateur drum and bass DJ at age 14. He was part of kind of the the UK garage scene, but he was also really instrumental in this sort of burgeoning grime scene, which was uh, uh, coming out of that larger UK garage scene. And uh, so he was DJing, he was rapping a bit, he was 
putting songs together and he was appearing on pirate radio which was a big thing over over there uh for for many years actually but he would basically you know self-release his own tracks and uh he actually self-produced his first single i love you at age 16 as we said and it was later featured of course on boy in the corner but off of that single he signed a record deal with xl and he also formed the roll deep crew which is his garage collective but pretty impressive for a 16 year old right to, to sign with xl off of a hot single like that's that's pretty impressive oh yeah uh, so throughout this time he's learning cubase he's enrolling in college music courses but he's also getting some hype for a couple of his instrumental tracks um like well there's one called ho another one called go which were kind of blowing up in that pirate radio scene or whatever and uh so he met some other figures in the grime scene like Wiley, uh, Target, and Roll Deep. And Roll Deep was the one who introduced him to Nick Cage. Not the actor, but a producer. And he gave uh, Dizzy Rascal access to his studio. And he was able to spend hours and hours making tracks uh, because of this uh, Nick Cage. And so Cage had like a bunch of music equipment he had a bunch of samples and and music files on his computer that dizzy rascal was free to use just all kinds of noises and songs and patches and whatever so he was just like a kid in a candy store literally was just producing away in, in on his own in the studio and so after he found some of the success he dropped out of college shortly after or shortly before releasing i love you as a single and he kind of just started to uh, focus mainly on music. I did pull a couple of quotes throughout here just from an article called The Secret History of Boy in the Corner from OK Player, uh, which is you know one of the biggest hip-hop uh, websites. Uh, a lot of good info in it, but I, I did have a couple of polls uh, here. So here's one about I Love You, uh, which uh, was like many of the other tracks on the album. It was composed by Dizzy Layering. Uh, Dizzy's layering of far-flung samples, almost like sound design with intricate percussion. And uh, the quote here says, obviously a lot of samples were stuff that Nick Cage had in his computer. I went crazy. It's like, rah, I had more sounds than I'd ever been able to play with before in my life. So he was just stoked that he was able to like, you know, finally he has access to all this great stuff and it's going to sound good. And you know, he's, he's excited. So, um, he also says a lot of the time, especially back then I might play the drum pattern for the whole three minutes. So that's why you listen to, I love you in the drums. It's crazy all the way through. There's so many variations because that's how hungry I was. So like, usually, you know, you would lay down a loop and play that over and over again, but he was so, you know, adamant about like making it his own and just doing his thing that he's literally just live drumming on these tracks, which is, yeah shows how yeah how hungry he was for it for sure um yeah. but as i said about the uh, vanguard guy here's a funny little story here so th apparently the uh in the joining studio there was this guy called vanguard varduin and he was like a indie rocker a rock guy and he came in and he played that kind of um staccato riff you know in the song just a rascal where it's like and so Cage brought him in and is like, hey, can you put something together for that? And so Dizzy was like, I, I don't know about this. And then the Just a Rascal vocal hook with by Taz, and he's just like, eh, I don't know. Uh, because you know, it has that like operatic singing or whatever. 
Yeah. So he says, uh, almost like some rap rock shit. Yeah, exactly. Like almost leaning into that, but, but just on the side of tasteful. And he's like, when I heard that with opera singing on it, I was like, what's this? But they were like, this is massive. Are you crazy? Someone just made a fucking Bohemian Rhapsody for you, which I don't know if it's Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's got some of that. though. Yeah. It's got that vibe. Got that flavor to it for sure. Uh, It's definitely a rocker. Um, So apparently Dizzy never actually talked with this Vanguard dude. He just remembers him being a little off, a little different and super talented. And uh, apparently this guy just after he went in and recorded it, he went back in to his studio where he was living. Um, He had like a clothesline in there. And then uh, after they finished up the recording, they never saw him again. And he moved back to Norway or something. So very mysterious. He comes in, rocks this one track and takes off. Like, like a, a ghost thief in the wind in, in the thief in the night maybe um, never existed <laughs> yeah well he is norwegian so they're very pale that's um, true but anyways he continued to work on this record for you know a couple years as we just mentioned before but eventually he'd come up with 15 tracks with one bonus track in the uk so 16 tracks uh for this record and when it was released it was basically immediately met with widespread critical acclaim it won the Mercury Prize for Best Album in the UK and Ireland, which is a huge music prize over there. He was the youngest person to ever do it, and he was only the, he was the second rapper to do it, which is pretty crazy. Who uh, was album. the first? It was a female rapper who I'm blanking on the name of. Uh, let's see if I can pull it right here. I will try to find it in a second, but uh, Miss Dynamite is her name. Um, and she had won uh, the year be- the year before, so pretty pretty new for them to to show rap some love on that. But anyways, uh, yeah, it re- it received a lot of high marks. All the you know big music publications and news publications, The Guardian, Mojo, Rolling Stone, Spin, The Village Voice, they all gave it really good scores. I think for the most part, they were all pretty much five out of five, four out of five. Pitchfork obviously gave it a, a very good review with 9.4, but it also landed on their 200 best of the 2000s list. Do you guys want to guess what where it was replaced? Oh, uh, 13. Caleb? Best of the 2000s? Yeah. Uh, 28. 62. Huh. It's a yeah. shame. I think that the 200 instead of the 100 Ooh. probably pushed it back a bit. Yeah, yeah. But, you got a lot um, to a lot to account for. Yeah, but it was uh, you know, a very important record. And it peaked at number 23 on the British album charts. It was certified gold and by 2004 it had sold over 250,000 copies worldwide, uh over 58,000 copies sold in the US uh, alone by 2007. So, massive massive record. It was certified platinum in 2017, which means it sold over 300,000 records here in the U.S. So it's continued to be a big record and be influential and be heard. Um, And it also a large part of grime becoming sort of this internationally known and and enjoyed genre is because of this record. I don't think that grime would have blown up probably not as much and definitely not as quickly as it did. You know, it, it basically overnight suddenly like the, Americans started to care about the British, you know, electronic music scene again, which I think had been um, a little uncool for a moment. Uh, But just any any hip hop outside of the United States, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, that's definitely for sure. 
So it's a, just a big, huge record. Very, you know, well received. It was sold well. You know, all of the all it, it basically hit all of the marks that it, it needed to hit for Dizzy Rascal to essentially become a key figure in sort of this grime scene in uh yeah in the international hip-hop scene you know this made him a, a huge star and i think this was sort of the start of having kind of these international indie rocker or indie you know hip-hop whatever indie stars where they're you know selling a lot of records but doing it all through independent means yeah for sure yeah definitely thank you for that background yeah, yeah it's super interesting so what i don't know if you but what was the deal he made shit on a playstation is that the urban so, legend? That was like a more of an urban legend. I think he okay. did. He would play around with things like that, but that's more of like he was learning how to make beats. Uh, so he, was there like a I don't know, I don't know a video game guy. So yeah. was there like a beat video yeah. game or there was a few? I forget the one he used specifically. He's talked about it in interviews uh-huh. and stuff, but it was like basically it was like half video game, half like beat making yeah. production thing um that was like the shorthand yeah. is like this dude made this album on a playstation which yeah. like if you listen to it, it's like yeah that's not true yeah, yeah exactly it makes a lot of sense but it also it's like no there's a lot more going on here it's like yeah the whole, what was that made whole genre called eight bit tuning or something chip tune chip tune yeah core. that's a little different but uh yeah. i think what i think what that kind of shows is that like he was so you know, well, first of all, he didn't have a lot of money. Like he told a story in that article, the OK Player article about how like his mom bought him his first decks and had like worked hard to save up so he can get his first decks when he was 14. And so he's coming from a hard background. And so the idea of someone like he's using literally anything he had. So he has a PlayStation. He has he can get access to the game. He can start making beats on there. Right. He has a home computer. He can do what we were doing. Right. Which is playing around with Fruity Loops and things like that that are free that you can download yourself and just start you know hammering away at it. And he's learning his he's he's doing the he's going to school. He's doing his homework. And that's what helps when he gets then into the professional studio and is able to access drum machines and and Cubase and Pro Tools and all the stuff that actually helped him make the the record into reality. But it, it all just nice. speaks to how hungry this guy was, which is just, he was just raring to go. And uh, you can hear it on that record for sure. Yeah, one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just scrapping it all together. It's great. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk more about this, uh, this album. Our personal histories. Yep. Yeah. We'll get into it. Sweet. Peace. And we are back. All right, fellas. Let's talk about our histories with this with this uh, monumental album here. I can go first. I remember exactly the day I listened to this album for the first time. I was at... Uh, so this album came out in like January in the United States. That's right. Uh, so my brother Isaac's birthday, my eldest brother, I think he would have been turning 25, I want to say. But he was having a party at his house in Oakland, California, where I live now. But uh, And then uh, he was having his birthday party. And then my brother Zachary, my second eldest brother, he came through and he was like, oh, dog. Where he's like, I got the tape. 
I got the tape. <laughs> and uh, we were all partying, drinking. It was all, you know, my brother's friends. My brother's friends, they were all cool. They are all old punk rocker guys. And they like punk rock and hip hop and stuff. Like, you know, that was the cool thing about, like, punk rockers and stuff from our age. We all like They were drinking hip- vodka. Like hip hop and yeah, like hip hop and punk rock was kind of like the same thing in a way. Kind of well, just like it kind of both come from a place of fuck you. Yeah, there's like, an attitude you, sort of. Yeah, uh, young like frustration and yeah. DIY. Yeah, yeah. taking taking back Good. the music. Yeah, DIY. Yeah, exactly. And then one actually has something to say. So he was having a birthday party, and then. uh so it was my two brothers, my two older brothers. I was like, they're cool. They like cool music. And then he came through. My brother Zachary rolled through with um, Boy in the Corner, this album. And he put it on. And it was just like, the first song starts off a little kind of slow. But then by about, you know, three, four songs in, it was just like, what the fuck? And like the whole party was bouncing. And we were you know, we were passing the bottle around, we were passing the weed around, like, we were getting fucked up, and it was like, dude, this is cool, fucked up music, and it was like, dude, this kid is, like, 19, like, this is fucking awesome, like, this is a, I immediately knew, I was like, dude, this is a great party album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From the jump. Like, way to go, guy, you really, yeah, you really did something here. Out the gates, nailing it. uh, that was my history and then just listening to it now as far as current history goes i always i say i was texting you guys about the same time where it's like yeah there was like that whole kind of sound cloud rap like kind of that emo rap stuff like you know rappers extension yeah yeah exactly or you know whatever little peep and stuff like anyone that's dead or dead or but also i think home r.i.p soon what's the 69 (laughs) guy takashi 69 69 scum gang he pretty much (laughs) stole like dizzy rascals kind of rap anyways but i think it was all influenced by like kind of Tupac slash DMX, like these mm-hmm. hard rappers, but that were like very like emotional and like this inner mm-hmm. monologue, like this like expressing their thoughts and being very in their head and like insular, like which reminds me of like punk rock and like grunge or whatever. Like it reminds me of like Kurt Cobain or whatever, you know. Yeah, like, we kind of strip away some of that like the subtext yeah, and it gets it's a like little more straightforward. Yeah. Explaining what I'm thinking what I'm thinking right now. Um, yeah, flips the macho thing kind of on its head. Like exactly. The traditional yeah. hip hop machismo thing. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of hip hop machismo though, it's shrouded in like insecurity and like yeah. vulnerability. Yeah. Absolutely. And, like, you know, like critics of hip hop only see empty braggadocio or violence, but a lot of it is like PTSD or uh, nostalgia, like, or trying to hold on to being a young person, 
but it's stripped away from you quickly when you're young and a, a black person. Like mm. it gets, you have a very short time to be young and nostalgic. Yeah. Because but also, life, like you were saying, it's like we're like the critics of it, or like, oh, it's being braggadocious. But it's like, like, dude, I'm fucking 16. How could I possibly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, materially be responsible for this. Yeah, like, the, like how am I responsible for yeah. my fucking surroundings, yeah. my fucking material reality? How yeah. am I responsible for the political economy? Yeah, and all the nuances of that. How how is that on me? He's like, reacting to that, the deterioration yeah. of the system around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm well, I'm just yeah. responding to that. I'm doing yeah. what artists have always done. Always done, yeah. And it's, but it's, but you know, it's like in this racist society. It's like, oh, well, we make a carve out for uh, young black men and the young black women, yeah. young I mean, black non-binary the... people, and being like, oh yeah, yeah. But no, they're also like you respond, but you're responsible too. Like that, that's that's on you. Like I'm sorry. Like and this fucking bullshit. This very yeah. same year, 2003, I think was the Jay Z Black album. Uh, I think that was the next year, the following the year. Next year, yeah, yeah, but close. I think this Jay-Z was the year had... of uh, clips grinding. Uh, yeah, what else? There were some big ones in two thousand three for yeah. sure. Yeah, but Jay Z has that line where he says, "Like, like, um, like they say, money, cash, hoes. But if you were young and you're Zappa toes, like, what kind of facts are those? Like, mm-hmm. kind of like if that's all, like." there is in life like capitalism grinds you down like like don't like i'm trying to be like everybody else and be successful but like don't fucking criticize me because i'm rhyming about you know just trying to make it in life because that's what it's a ruthless game that's stacked Mm -hmm. against me like Mm -hmm. but like i'm actually being a poet about it like i actually put words to it you know, like, so like, don't kind of judge me. And uh, I think Dizzy Rascal does that so well. And I think Dizzy Rascal, he sounds so much like early 2000s rap, but he sounds so much like old school rap. He sounds like what came before him. He sounds like Southern rap. He sounds like Houston rap. He sounds like you know, Eric B and Rakim, he sounds, you know, he sounds, he sounds timeless in what he's talking about because ain't shit changed. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a, a young black man trying to express himself and like, that's hard to do. And he does it so fucking well. And just listening to it now, just to get into my current histories, I was like, dude, this album has so many fucking slappers. The fact that like I listened to it a couple weeks ago and I was like, I forgot that the stand up look sharp. Yeah. Was like the sixth song into it. Like <laughs> yeah. I forgot that yeah. that was even the single. I was like, Oh yeah, that was the big hit song. I like forgot that it, it was even coming up. Cause there's so, so many other ones. Yeah, I was so wrapped up in the album. I was like, oh, yeah, that was a hit song. I forgot about it, that. It song. was like a nice little bump, like a little surprise. Yeah. Like, oh, this, like the first and time I, was lesser, in the, I had that reaction, I was like, oh, this fucking song, dude. Because it's like a, a Billy Squire sample or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the same year. Yeah, like, hip hop song. Yeah. 
the no. same year uh jay-z sampled the same one with uh it was him and uh the uh, uh 99 problems right isn't that the same mm, uh, uh is it uh um, yeah him and rick no, rubin is it the yeah. stroke though that he's doing i is think he's it? doing um is it 99 problems yeah it's the same but sample. are they different billy squire songs is it no, 99 problems the stroke and this one's a different one no it, Actually, it's, the stroke. it's the same it's the yeah. same song right yeah yeah uh, uh it's the rick rubin see. song right anyways maybe i got it wrong they took the hook i think on yeah. the 99 problems yeah but I think we need uh, a, Dizzy, we need a, Dizzy takes more of the song for the his sample. Yeah, uh, we need a anyone want to apply to BR Jamie. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, like we, we can't all like, do it. We got a lot going pull on. It up. Google Jane, pull it up. Google it. Yeah, like dude. Dizzy Rascal with the fix up look sharp could have been like a novelty, like oh that British mm, one hit wonder type thing. Yeah, eighteen totally. year old kid one hit wonder. It's, it's like, like a one-hit no. wonder sampling a one-hit wonder. Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's like no, it's like the sixth song through. Like he didn't make it the first single off the album. Like, like this kid really came through and like, in a way, changed the course of kind of hip hop and made it more international, which is what hip hop is now. It's hip hop is rock, rock and roll music now, and uh, I don't know. I just. I think this album is like one of it will stand the test of time as like one of the greatest at least like hundred hip hop albums ever made. Yeah, definitely. Because it sounds so old and it sounds so new and it sounds so of its time, which is what good music does, right? Oh yeah, it's timeless. Um, timeless, but also specific. Yeah. Yeah. We need to make a correction. The Billy Squire sample on both 99 Problems and this is not the stroke. It's the big B. The big B, yeah. I got that. The big, but it's the B. same same sample, right? Yeah, the song's called yeah. Big Beat. Yeah. The, yeah. Billy Squire's other like hit, hit, is hit the stroke. was the stroke. Yeah. The stroke is a good song. Yeah. Billy Squire, do you know what happened to him? No. Because he was kind of sick. He was kind of like um like hauling notes a little bit. But he had it's like a northern northern soul kind of guy. Yeah, but he he kind of got more into butt butt rock or whatever. He had a corny ass music video in like the early '80s that like bodied his career, where he was like Mm. making out with a lady and like because he was like a diminutive little fellow too. And they're like, you're not, you're not that guy. They like ruined his career. (laughs) He was in like a video trying to like make out with some supermodel. He caucused himself, huh? Yeah, everybody just clowned him. <laughs> wow. Well, that sucks. But those songs that are sampled in a in an Adam Sandler movie. Am I making that up? Uh, I think you're right. I think you're right. I believe, or is that Ario Speedwagon too? Hmm. Similar anyways, vibes. Somebody else go. Maybe yeah, you. I can, I can, I can pick it up from there because um, I think you having that experience with your brother directly contributed to the rest of us getting that record i think he probably yeah. burned it maybe that weekend that even. night that night that night and then you came back and you're like you guys we got, got on the phone he got on like <laughs> like the landline yeah. and it was like, like yeah, yeah i need to, to call long distance do i have to dial like, one to get to santa maria it's like, like yeah yeah do nine one flat yeah. but if i call adrian long distance like it was like yo adrian. barry this is your cousin yeah exactly <laughs> 
It was like I was in the future. You're like, Adrian, I know you're by your computer. I need you to look. I just up. heard Ready? the future of hip hop. <laughs> but dude, you remember that would happen all the time, though. Remember, like, it'd be like, fuck, my brother gave me like uh, the damn it, like black flag damage like i'm coming over i got the yeah. cd yeah like before pre-internet where it's like somebody gave you a fucking album that was just like God, it was so precious and you were so mind blowing and you yeah. had to share it dude. yeah you brought it over you ripped it from you know someone's thing and then that spread through everyone else but that's dude, basically i remember what like happened. being yeah. like on instant messenger with adrian or whatever and then Adrian's like oh yeah i downloaded all the fucking like the fucking Caius wretch or whatever. Yeah. And I'll yeah. bring it to school tomorrow. And then you're just like, fuck, dude. I'm just I get a new album tomorrow. <laughs> like I get a new <laughs> like work of art that I need that I get to like consider and like bring it Caleb, to like Caleb, my frame dude, of reference and shit. You know, that shit was talking, cool. Was- we're talking 56k days too. So it's like this is dedication where it's like it's I'm gonna keep my computer on all night so I can download I got this you. record. Yeah, yeah. And then in the morning yeah. I'm gonna burn it on a CD and we're gonna fucking jam yeah. on it at lunch or whatever, and then it's gonna be fucking it's gonna yeah, and then so and and sometimes somebody would bring the disc man to like high school, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So you could listen to it in the moment, but a lot of the time but that was the like, same thing too. Like to wait to get home. car ride, yeah. Or the car, yeah. car or just wait to get home to like play it on your like, you know. On the stereo yeah, the uh, the stereo on the, the, the hi fi. But it was Sorry, the same no, thing when you saw like a music video and you'd call your buddy and be like, dude, turn on fucking BT right now. Channel dude, 45. I, dude, I remember our video is on. Or like, do you remember Caleb when the there eight... is this girl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember Caleb when Channel uh, 45 now? Our next door neighbor. Edward, who we will. <laughs> he lived across the street, but pray, pray for him. <laughs> prayers up. He, prayers he came, up. Nothing he came wrong over. with him, but prayers up. Prayers up, up anyways. <laughs> he came over because, like, his older brother, like, stole from fucking Best Buy or something. He had the the Outcast elevators. Oh yeah, single. Oh, single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came over. He's like, dude. He's like, we have to listen to this. Like. He's like, this is like blow your fucking mind. And I was like, yeah. Like, like that's what's special about music when you like you would I think his brother read. allegedly, 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 allegedly sold from Target. But yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, it was, easier it was there. just like it was like, dude, this is Back some weird Target southern rap shit. Well, they, they like, had uh their anti-theft technology was a little bit uh um, oh, looser less advanced yeah they just had the, you any cd you just pop it with no the greeter the, head, yeah. you know what i mean but it was right. pre like downloading shit allegedly and, like i don't know it was just cool when somebody streaming like, yeah, yeah yeah when somebody like ran over to the party or ran over to your house and was like that's like i got listen, the new shit like yeah. listen to this hip-hop song listen yeah. to this fucking punk rock record it was like so special it's not like and now where just record, never get that now no you now a record drops everyone's heard it by the morning everyone's had their opinions already by noon and it's just like everyone's bored of it by five and it's like what but i remember Back that then kid- it was like yeah, it was fresh. It was yeah. hot, and you want to show everyone. You'd be like, "Man, I yeah. got this fucking record. You guys gotta fucking hear it. We gotta listen to it as soon as we can." Well, I remember like me and Caleb and, and our next door neighbor Edward were like spending the night at the Cross house. The street, no, Cross the street Cross neighbor. Street. And Edward was like describing the record to us, like you know, Outcast. I was like, "Yeah, I've heard that Slick Rick song." He's like, "My brother's got the new single." 
It's like me, home. you, your mom, and your cousin. Like they yeah, would like repeat. I, I heard that hook yeah. like a thousand times before I ever heard the song. But he's like, he's like, but like he's like, my brother got because we heard the slick Rick one, the the storytelling part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, he's like, but my my brother has this the the CD. He's like, we just yeah, gotta wait till yeah. he comes home. We gotta wait till <laughs> he comes home. And we're like, all right. And then you like, we'd see the car pull up. He's like, all right, I'm gonna go get it. And then his brother would be like, hey, fool, here you go. Don't fuck it up. Don't scratch it. Yeah, don't, don't, scratch, don't it. scratch it. And he would give us the record. And that was just like all night. We just listened to it like over and over, fucking 10 times in a row. Like that was, I mean, that was like special times back then. But anyway. that was yeah. It was, was and that's how yeah. I felt like this record is one of the last times I felt like that. Anyways, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think that probably was. One where of, are we at uh, now? We're going to do a game or something. Where, where are we? <laughs> no, I can get, I, we can move through this. Take your sweet ass time. No, it, it, it spread. I would say that once, yeah, once it came back to Santa Maria, it spread pretty quickly throughout all of our friends. I think everyone got a copy and it became yeah it was the go-to for i I wrote it was the go-to for get together smoke ups barbecues and sick hangs i think that (laughs) kind of covers everything like you know any kind of mood you throw that on like it works like you're just chilling sure if you're if it's going off the hook and it's just a huge fucking party like it it still bangs like it, it works for all of it uh i loved the grime sound i mean obviously we had all grown up listening to hip hop loving hip hop you know I was a big fan of DMX, big fan of Tupac. Yeah, DMX uh, is all over this album. And yes, yes. And so I was like, oh man, like this is this is my shit. Like the hard beats, the booming sub bass, like all of the fucking weirdo synth sounds that he's got going on, the weird little fucking sample he's got going on. I was just, I was really amazed by this. I had not heard anything like this before or nothing. I mean, we'd Since. listen to some dark hip pop, you know, whether grimy shit, you know, Wu-Tang or whatever, fucking, you know, the various solo records or whatever. But nothing like this where it's coming together in this kind of different way. The rhythm's different. The, you know, the, the his vocals are different. He's British. He's, you know, he's got the accent and it's just... It's a very specific and unique sound that was like mind blowing to I think all of us and and yeah and then like hearing like fix up look sharp which is like the most kind of hip hop traditional hip hop song and like hearing hearing that Billy Squire flip I was just like oh my god like this guy is yeah. a fucking genius like what the f- like that's that catchy as hell and just the like the rest of the record just uh, was really really impressive and really just this you know a full piece of art through and through and it's remained so but it became um a mainstay in my car it was one of those uh albums that i excuse me i play really loud on the way to work at the pizza place or going to hancock college um yeah. you know and then yeah and then it was it, from from there like i would spread it to other people so like we had a bunch of let's you know for lack of a better word normie friends when we were in high school you know the jock types or whatever dudes that were listening to like yeah you know, mainstream hip hop at the time. And they, I would throw this on and they'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, we say all that to say our graduating class was like a hundred people. Yeah. Small. Like we went to a small very fried. small high school. It was so. uh, yeah. <laughs> surfers, cowboys, stoners, loners, and real righteous, righteous dudes. dudes. <laughs> <laughs> everybody was homies with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we there, knew everybody. For the most part, for sure. for it was like part. everyone was a chill ass California type person, but there was gradients of things. Like it was, yeah. 
It was more gradient than it but was. But everybody like, loved hip hop. Yeah, hip hop. Everybody was, was literally to hip hop. The, the equalizer. Like, the equalizer, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So we'd come over to my house. You know, we'd burn one down, and we'd listen to this record, and then I'd burn it for people because they'd be like, "I got, I got to fucking get this. What the fuck is this?" You know, because like again, like it, it is an independent record. It's not. This like, was one of those records where you weren't precious about your fucking CDRs. You're like, no, nah, this you, one you, you oh, gotta have. You gotta have. I'm, I'm gonna hook you up. <laughs> it was a fucking <laughs> shot across the bow, dude. Yeah, yeah. It really was. It it, yeah. it really was for us. So yeah, and then like listening now, like I still marvel at the sheer expanse of this thing. Like it's 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 I mean, fifteen songs is nothing to sneeze at. Like we were talking about this a little bit, how hip hop records in general are can be kind of long or overtly long compared to rock records or indie rock records yeah, yeah. specifically. But but it it is kind of like packed full of ideas. Like I as I mentioned before, it is literally just this kid in a candy store. You know, he has access to all of this stuff now for the first time. Um, and he's been able to put it all together in a way that's just really captivating and really yeah. works for his style and his style of uh emceeing. And it really, to me, it doesn't really lag or stall. Maybe there's a couple of places where there's you know, we could draw, pull a song, and maybe it would still work pretty good, but I don't mind it being this long. And no. and yeah, the production still sounds fresh as hell. You, you could drop it today with no changes and it would still hit pretty hard. Uh, oh you know. God! It would sound like like. Have you heard this Tallas, Tallahassee rapper on SoundCloud? Like, yeah, Lil Lil Lil. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but also with more years on me now, like I can, I appreciate that kind of nuance of the, his more vulnerable vulnerable songs. Oh, the kind of course. Because back then, like, of course, we listen. We like it would go into our heads and we listen to it. But when you're a fucking, you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. You're not really, you just don't have the sensibility for that yet. Like you do, but you don't, mm-hmm. you know, when we think of, of all of the kids we went to high school with, we probably had more, more of it maybe just because of the weird bunch of sad, sensitive weirdos. But now growing, having lived a bit fucked up childhood, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I'm just joking. No, we had good, we had a good time. No, but it's kind of like grungy Adrian, right? Like, mm-hmm. kind of like depressive. And you know me, that's, that's all my shit. So it really worked for me. And then, and like, yeah, and especially now, like just having some years on me and, and just having experienced more life. It's like, I, I really appreciate the fact that he's talking about these really impactful things that happen were happening in his life that would affect anyone in that situation. Yeah. But the fact that he's able to turn it into this remarkable Ooh. art that is not only cool, but universal and, and, you know, beloved by many people and not just fans yeah. of, electronic music or fans of beat music or whatever it's it it became a huge hit because it was so across the board just like awesome and people fucking really dug it yeah and, but you it's know, not the backpack shit it's not corny it's it's not preachy kinda, it's not corny it's, it's, it's not special in that way it's confessional yeah he does it right but caleb what, what are your thoughts on this oh yeah yeah this album i mean like you know you guys touched on like you know I like to do these like episodes where it's like the shared history is basically like, you know, the Venn diagram of our, of our <laughs> histories is just like a fucking circle. Like basically a circle. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, because like, as you all just outlined, it was like, yeah, this person. And then we hand it off to Adrian. And then, you know, it's like a, 
Yeah, you know, it all happened kind of at once. We all but, own uh, the same burn CD of this album. Ex- yeah, <laughs> yeah, all the for sure. we all have the same zeros and ones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And this was like, you know, it would be really cool if my memory wasn't so fucking drug addled. If you could remember what kind of burn CD you had for a CD, it was like, oh, it's out of verbatim. Uh, I only yeah, was the, like the Sony. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Caleb know. when our older brother? I used Isaac's... to be able to remember some of those and be like, "Oh fuck!" Remember yeah. our older brother Isaac used to give us burn CDs and that, but he would because he's like yeah. anti-capitalism. He would cross out the yeah, brand, yeah. cross the brand out the name of the shit. CDs, yeah, yeah. like no advertisement. Yeah, yeah. I did that for somebody once, but I like I went too They're aggressively like, on. That? I used I, to like... do that too. Yeah. 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 That's cool. But um, yeah, that'd be cool. My favorite were that they were they weren't the best quality, but I think it was verbatim, right? Where they had like the lines, like it was from like a like a notebook verbatim almost. Verbatim was the probably the, oh, yeah, the you longest. And they had it, like but... the and they had the colors, but then the it would always like like yeah. the color film would come off of the Yeah, instantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember that smell of a, a burn C D tower? It had that it's like a it's like, like a the, new, new shoe smell or like something. yeah or like when you leave like a like a plastic bottle in the car for too yeah, long and yeah. then it just like starts off gassing that's what yeah that's what yeah, these spindles like a car yeah like and yeah. we we each have like four or five spindles full of like 50 100 <laughs> fucking cds yeah, yeah. spindle all right well it used going. to be you were more precious about it so you put it like in the booklet but then as like like cdrs got cheaper it would just then be you, like the spindle. Then you have those hoodies. Then CDs. when you started doing, <laughs> no, when you were able to figure it. out how to do a CDR as a data disc, and then you just like could have hundreds of songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but anyways, um, Caleb, go in. This record, anyways, yeah, I can't remember if it was a verbatim or whatever. But I had the burn CD. It was like a, it was, I don't know, like it was the high school rap, like you know, CD rotation for sure, and um. Yeah, I think I probably got it from Isaac or Zachary. Doesn't matter. But um, but but then also when it was coming out, you know, it was pretty hype too. It wasn't like you know, like it kind of came from like underground memes, but means. But it was also like covered by like Rolling Stone and Spin and shit. Yeah. Too. Oh, so yeah. like, yeah. It, I mean, it had its you know, it had its coverage, and but I thought it was like super sick. You know, it was like I remember like getting it and then whoever gave it to me ex- like telling me about like oh this is like grime it's two-step it's a little, little bit it's a it's like hip-hop but it's a little bit different you know? <laughs> and, and then like somebody explained to me how it's like um like especially like the two-step part of it where it's not like yeah. a four on the floor like based yeah, like sure. rhythm it's like it's the the beats are a little more terse and they're a little more minimal or something i don't really know how like the musicology of it works or like you know in terms of the rhythms but I remember hearing that and then like, like listening to him and be like, oh yeah, that is different. That is not like how like, you know, American hip hop uses samples or whatever of like break beats or like old soul samples. It's like, yeah, it's, it has this kind of more kind of claustrophobic, like rhythmic kind of quality to it. Yeah, Um, for sure. Yeah. I don't know what you attribute that to, but yeah, I remember early on when I was listening to somebody was like, yeah, that's what two step is. It's like, like it the cadence the cadence yeah the cadence yeah i don't know what do you think about it now caleb well you know 
Oh no, it's great, man. But you know, back in the day, like too, it was like um it was it was like gritty in a lot of ways, you know, and um yeah. you know, it had like a lot of uh it was like it was super fun to listen to, but you could tell there was like a little bit of like a sense of darkness going on too. Yeah, and you know, it's like sure. cause this came out in two thousand three or whatever, right? Two thousand two. Yeah. Yeah. So like by an 18 year old who was probably like, I don't know, two or three years older than me. Right. And so like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Right, but true. like different part of the world growing up in different circumstances too. So it's like, but like that sense of like youthful exuberance and fun and everything. And that was all still there, but it's like kind of talking to like larger, like, like darker uh, themes, yeah. but it never abandoned what makes a really good hip hop album or makes a really good pop album is just like having fucking hooks and wordplay yeah. and all that shit that makes it like memorable and like you know like stick yeah. memorable stick lines. in your consciousness and all that and like and it was so crazy how this album was like like all great hip-hop albums are just like it becomes a quotable classic and despite it just being just in this very heavy dialect of east london you know <laughs> yeah. like you know like accent wise like I don't maybe know what word this fool's trying to say, like, because that's how he talks. That's where he's from. Like, no judgment. But then, you know, or like what certain words mean and shit. But then there was just like so many fucking like, like quotes we would do, you know? It's just yeah. like, I wear my trousers ridiculously low. Like, <laughs> that shit. Or like, I wear, uh, was the crossbow. Roscoe with the crossbow. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I socialize with the crew and a gang. Gang, you know, yeah. like that part was dope <laughs> because that part was sick because like growing up around like cholos and cholo adjacent people people would differentiate be like no i'm in a crew i'm in a gang like that was a thing <laughs> like on like in central california where we grew up but it's like it was cool to hear that you know from an English he talks school. a lot about like friends and yeah yeah friends that like are now not your friends and like Oh yeah, losing people to drugs, losing to, people the drug game, or the, yeah. yeah, yeah, like what you're saying, like yeah, I'm, uh, I socialize with the, what did you say, friends and crew, I, so or, I socialize with the crew and the gang, and yeah. the gang, or yeah, it's like <laughs> your friends. It always reminds me of like when the the juvenile line, like yeah, you you grew up with them, huh? You yeah, stuck right. with them, huh? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> like uh yeah that just... dude okay speaking of ha juvenile i had the same experience listening to this album for the first time where it was like an explosion we we're just like that first time you saw the video ha for juvenile it was like what the fuck this is something <laughs> new like this is new like this is cool like this is like real and the same thing goes for this album. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, just to like close it out, it's like, yeah, this album was like a, I don't know, it was like a really nice compliment to like, probably like, to like all the hardcore and like metal and shit I was listening <laughs> to at the time. But even yeah. though this album came out in like 2003. It's like it rap, like, I, rap rock. But I, but I, no, it wasn't like rap rock. But, but it kind of sounds like a little bit of rap rock. It could sometimes. be. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it, fall it like had a tail like it was like wasn't this flash in the pan thing like we were listening to it like two three four years after it came out like of it course. never yeah yeah never it never died. like kind of 
Yeah, never have like an never waned. Day. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even like when I was in college, I'd be like, you know, talking to people about hip hop and be like, yeah, like boy in the corner. That's like my shit. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. But, but Adrian. like currently, when I oh, listen like, to it, you know, I f- I feel like it ages like super well. I feel like the beats and then like knowing kind of like his approach to beats and like how he was just like a young kid trying to figure it out. You hear that now and it's just like it just sounds so fucking cool you know like yeah you know it's just like it it, it, they just age so well and like it's like your understanding of like uk hip-hop is like yeah it's a little bit more minimal it's a little bit more like synthesized it's a little bit more you know rhythmic but that has like that kind of sound that kind of approach to beat making has like just blossomed so much in the united states that like it it sounds more relevant now, you know, than it did back then. Oh, yeah. And and sure. um and like his youthfulness just like comes through, you know, like even more now, which can be kind of awkward, you know, honestly. Like there's some there's some things, you know, like you know, he talks about goals and all that. And like <laughs> yeah, you know, there's some cringy stuff on here. There's some cringy, yeah. but then you're like, you know, fool, you made this when you're like 17 or 18. So like I <laughs> exactly. I, I I would rue the day if anyone ever yeah, released my canceled. like live journals or my internal monologues oh I'm about how i canceled. felt about about the, the line, opposite sex the li- yeah the yeah line notebook the college roll notebook yeah yeah I'm so like we've all been canceled. there yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> let's get into the let's hear some song yeah let's hear some shit yeah it, it yeah it, it still holds up that's all i'm trying to say and uh it's yeah it. It definitely holds up Let's do a slapper. Oh, wait. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Kevin. No, no. I just want to say, like, I, and I touched on it earlier, just how, like, relevant UK hip hop and all, like, drill and grime and how yeah. that is now, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, like, and, like, to exactly. hear, like, the kind of primordial sound that he was, like, delivering, making, like, like you were saying oh, earlier, yeah. you know, like a shot across the bow and this being, like, one of the first big releases to the masses. Oh, yeah. Well, and then the, it's like that whole world, and now it's just like it's just. I mean, hip hop is hip hop is the hip hop surpassed rock and roll like twenty years ago as like yeah, I mean the pop. most influential music ever, and I think this album kind of is a post uh, benchmark in that evolution. Definitely, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's listen to it. Let's again. hear the first song. All right. Uh, I think we actually do. We all have this as a yeah. We all we all share it. This song is sick. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's super sick. Nirvana. I don't know why. Like, is it is Hmm. giving you like Kurt Cobain vibes or I don't know? It's like 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 you were saying. No, it's like the way that he like doles out the bangers on this album is like so fucking good and interesting. Mm -hmm. And but like, so he could do. I'm just a rascal. He could do the fucking Billy Squire song, but yeah. this is the song he starts with. It was just like, I don't know. It's like a little bit more understated, yeah. but it I feel like it's like sets grungy, the tone so well. Grungy emo kind of yeah. song. No well, I me, mean, it's got the kind of like minor key vibes of like a grunge yeah. song. And it's got like some of the grittiness of a grunge song. And like, I think he was like a Nirvana fan when he was yeah. in college or whatever. So it would make sense that he's 
if not like that directly, but he's borrowing some of their ideas and some of their, you know, some of the techniques that they would use, whether it's the loud, quiet, loud thing or whatever. I mean, in his own way, of course, but he's borrowing some things from, from the grunge and the, yeah. and the rockers, let's say, but, uh, I mean, this is such I'm... a hard ass beat to start off, to start it off with. I think that it sets the table for the rest because it has all of the elements that we're going to experience yeah. throughout the rest of the record. You know, it has the sub bass, it has the grittiness, it has the, you know, the, 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 yeah. the weird kind of synthy sounds and things going on. It's got the, the, the sirens and the cops, you know, samples yeah. going on underneath it's, there's a lot. And I, I will say it sounds like an old school hip hop beat. It sounds mm -hmm. like, um, Eric B and Rakam, like Eric B for president. If you listen to that instrumental, it has that kind of spacey like a little dark little drum weird. like spaced out drum beat kind of yeah like 1981 golden age hip-hop sound yeah caleb any more thoughts before we uh i say we start oh, in the beginning but no it's not on rules all right well here is a little of the opening track from boy in the corner sitting here by dizzy rascal Yeah. Here. Can you play the 150 mark, Adrian? Yeah, let me get there. The one about I ain't smiled for a while. It's so simple, but like so cool. Yeah, and the way he just kind of layers in things as the song goes forward, like it's really yeah, it works yeah. so well. And then he like has like the verses, then he goes into the choruses and like you know, he doesn't make a big deal about it, you know, <laughs> just like no, he slips right in. Yeah, just yeah, it's dope. You know, it's not like it's not like grandiose. It's like that's what I say. It's yeah. just it's you know, it's it's like minimalist. And but like, it's like that inner monologue. Like I'm just sitting here, sitting here. Like he's just like having a conversation yeah. with himself. Sitting here, more like spitting here. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I know. It's cool. <laughs> All right, here's a little All bit right. more towards the end. Let's see if we can get some of those like siren samples and stuff in here. So simple, but like so complex, like and it really so, it, so it, confessional, like sitting here like in her you know it remind me like um the brian wilson song like in my room like sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of has a like bedroomy kind of quality yeah uh. yeah he uh it's 
it's a track that's like it's simple but it 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 really it's so propulsive and it really it really does set the table for what's to come mm-hmm. um and like yeah his flow it like it sets up this flow which is like a really kind of not aggressive but like in a not like uh, an angry way it's hard to just no, explain not at all, yeah. but well, he's it's very... like he just said i'm just saying, like he says like i just blink my i I'll go left or right. Yeah, he's just yeah. like I'm an observer. Well, he's right. like, it, I'm like I'm looking at the low, world around me and I'm, you into it because yeah. it's gonna get hard in the second song. Which speaking of, should maybe we? We should listen to that one. I know that me and you share that one. No, I think Caleb. Will... No, I do not like it. Do not play it. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get one that course, you guys share in a minute. Here. What's it called? Song fucking rules. Stop that. Stop that. So I think this is like a top. I don't know, 50 song of the 2000. You go back to <laughs> your least, numbers. <laughs> at least. I mean, there's a, let's hear it from the beginning, but there's a point where the beat switches up, which is like one of the greatest switch em ups beat, like the one of the greatest like drops ever. Like it's, it's insane. It reminds me of like a old school NWA, like Dr. Dre beat, like, I mean, it just, it encapsulates, like, just, like, hip-hop production. Like, it's just so fucking awesome. Yeah, definitely. And again, another a, another hard, hard song. Like, uh, he's really going furious on this one. And then, like, again, he's, he's adding, he slips in these little textures and these little samples. I think I know exactly what you're talking about with where the beat switches up. I think I have a, a mark on there, but if you want to play it at first and then. Yeah, I'll play it from the start and then we'll get to that afterwards. But here is, unless Caleb, you have another thought, but. Sitting here. I've already said my opinion on this. It's one. a great one-two <laughs> one, punch, the, the first song into this one. Agreed. Um, and we're, you know, as we've but talked about extensively, what, we're, yeah, we're all what, about that. Which yeah, is ahead. sick because it's like he kind of lays back for the first song and then hits you yeah. with the hitter, you know, for the yeah. second, which is yeah, which hitter. is an approach I kind of like, you know, yeah. like the yeah. All right, well, kind of like you sitting here is like a fucking super strong song. This it's not is like very intro by any means, but then it's like I don't know, it's like this pre-chorus to like to like this. Yeah, and, I don't know, it's, a, it's a cool, it's a cool little dynamic. And Not this reminds me, how to pull off. this is very like DMX kind of aggressive kind of hip hop at the time. Black Rob, that single, remember oh, that? Oh yeah, Rest it peace. reminds me of that like New York style of hip hop that kind of. Mm-hmm. Not as back. laid back as the West Coast stuff. But it's a little boom bit more, back, uh, yeah. a little bit more uh, keyed yeah. up. Yeah. All right, well, here is Stop That by Dizzy Rascal. Yeah, that fucking bass line just and then especially yeah, wobbly shit. 
if you're listening Crazy. to this on a very good stereo or in a, a car that has like you know a big subwoofer yeah. it fucking sounds insane it it's... so that was at my brother's party so like we put it on and the second song where it's just like whoa like this is like an insane banger like yeah to hear that in real time is just for the first time is like a game changer oh yeah it it you listening to this for the first time is definitely like mind-blowing especially in 04 here's a little bit more and then we'll get to that part that you uh call out no here's yeah. a little bit more from the middle of stop that some of those female vocals in there and then let's get to that last bit here where there's yeah i think it's a three minute mark yeah i'm gonna start it a little bit before then it's one of the best switch them up it's so unexpected and i remember the first time hearing that and just being like what the fuck <laughs> yeah like so like are you the kidding me the song is already hard as fuck. You can just do yeah. that, and it keeps building yeah. and building and building. And He's then it hits more that bass, more female vocals, yeah. yeah. And then it switches it up, and it's just like I remember, like listening to that, like drinking at a party, like passing a bottle around, and it's like, wait, do 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 do. You're like, <laughs> oh shit, wait, play that again, Adrian. Rewind yeah, let's that. get it. Let's see if we can get it. Like that's one of the greatest. It goes so hard, and I guarantee you, it was just like a one of those things, probably where he's like, you know, I think this needs something here. Uh, yeah. Maybe just like let me just play something like boop boop boop, like, like three boom. minutes in and switches it up to be. It's crazy. Genius shit right there. Genius shit. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, Caleb, you got one for us? Yeah. You gonna slap her? Yeah. Caleb. It's 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 kind of the titular Give us a track. <laughs> kind of the, the titular one. Which one? Just a rascal, baby. Oh, <laughs> that's a great song. Fantastic song. It's, it's the song. I mean, there's so many slap. What's cool is that he just sprinkles slappers. It's like every four songs a slapper. Yeah, it's just true. like a really impressive feat of sequencing. But um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot's been said about a lot of you know the other slappers we've been through. But um, yeah, I know Just the Rascal comes kind of comes later. But I had this as a slapper, Caleb, as well. It's so aggressive and just so like. Like you were talking about the history of it, you know, just having that kind of like anthmetic, like butt rocky yeah. kind of quality to it. I don't know. It's just like it's like his unique. version of a uh, Slim Shady. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I mean, it obviously there was a lot of this bullshit going on at the time. Your, your Limp Biscuits, your P 
PODs or whatever. Uh, it but has a little is, rap rocky. It does, it. but it's like yeah, yeah, totally. it's, it's just on this side of like being too cheesy. It I don't know whether there's like it could easily fall in uh, maybe because he's British it it works. But his voice is good. Yeah. yeah, I think if it was like this would be if if it was like Eminem, it would be just like oh, it's just another butt rock song. But uh, I'll play this from the beginning so we can get a feel of that yeah, little riff. Hear this. And uh, yeah, here we go. Here is Just a Rascal by the one and only Dizzy Rascal. one of the yeah, best he goes uh, hard he goes very hard but also one of the best woos in hip-hop i will say definitely he's just a rascal like that easily could be very cheeseball but he fucking nails the vocal no, performance his voice is his uh verse is so hard like he knows like if you're gonna be that corny you gotta have a hard verse especially if you have those like operatic like just a rascal yeah. here we go here's a little bit more of the song here's some from uh about a minute 50 and let's see what we get That's like some fucking Houston shit like that. Yeah, that was yes. that, yeah. yeah. The synth, synth behind it. Yeah, yeah, that synth. Kind of like yeah. horror. Super I love though how he's like yeah. repetitive like that. He has that southern kind of style of rap, like repeating the same word, like how he says definitely a bunch of times. Like oh yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Hitting hitting the same kind of yeah. um yeah. What that's called sick. Adrian, give All us right, a... everyone fix up, look sharp. What's what's next? <laughs> Let's just do uh, the single. Should we just do the single? All right, fuck it then. We're gonna we'll, uh, we'll do Let's do Fix Up, Look Sharp, which we've talked about a bunch. It is the Billy Squire sample. It is a huge fucking big beat hip hop song, like just a classic kind of loop, drum loop hip hop song. But uh, but he really puts his own on it. Uh, I think it's again, it's like it could very easily. We talked about how it could very easily veer into the, you know, uh, novelty uh, because it is like such a recognizable flip of a sample better than the jay-z sample well yeah the jay-z sample he buries it a little bit more yeah yeah i think here it's just it's so upfront that they're just i think the jay-z sample is like literally like six other samples like yeah i don't don't, throughout i think the drum beats from something else yeah but this one yeah man it just it's a great flip and then i have a little note here on the lyric basically he says uh dizzy rascal says Fix up, look sharp was something I heard one of my friends say on the estate one day. He just said it taking the piss. 
That's how he said it. Fix up, look sharp. And I remember laughing my head off. So it was literally just some dumb bullshit that his friends were saying, just like any one of us could have come up with. And then he's like, you know what? That's a fucking genius hook. And then it became this song and he was fucking absolutely right. It's it's fucking, it really works. The banger. Let's hear it. All right. From the top, here is Fix Up, Look Sharp by Dizzy Rascal. Remember this video? Oh, yeah. His his accent, the way he leans into it, is like so like punk rock. Like yeah, yeah, he really, it's like almost theatrical or something. Yeah. Like he's really just like full like on just accent. Is like, like I don't know what the fuck you just said, little kid. But <laughs> yeah, let's hear a little so bit. Something about verse. it touched me. <laughs> Here's a little bit of that verse. Uh, here we go. Oh, I guess it's worse. That sounds like a Beastie Boys song or something. Yeah, totally, yeah. It's like Very the way the Beast- or something. The way the Beastie Boys do like a <laughs> New Yorker Brooklyn voice, like yeah, he totally. Yeah. He's just kind of hamming it up. Exactly, hamming it up. That's perfect. Good shit. I think we should cover the other single now, just because we did talk about it a bunch too. And it is a very important song for Dizzy Rascals and Dizzy Rascals discography. It's I Love You. Um, Just play a little bit of that here. The first three songs on the third track are great. Third track, yes. One through three is great. And this is one one through four, even. Yeah. It's one of those classics like he's doing like a braggadocio kind of misogynistic rhyme but then there's the the rebuttal verse from a you know the, lady mc so. the lady yeah yeah but yeah there's like a lot of naivete to it too so you don't want to take it like super serious you know there's no, some like vulnerability yeah. to it yeah, yeah. it's one I of mean, those classic clap backs <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it is definitely. It's kind of like, like, you know, it reminds me of like the, the I'd rather masturbate than fuck with Vic Vaughn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, same year. <laughs> let I me think. watch. Uh, the yeah. Uh, well, I think, uh, I think Victor Vaughn came out. Was it 03? Definitely yeah. same. Claire at the same yeah. time. Very close. Like, yeah, you talk a big game, but I don't know. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Check yourself. Puncturing. Kind of puncturing exactly. the bravado bubble. Yeah. That, that uh, big ego is yeah. deflated yeah. a bit. Yeah, and then I do have a little gnarly like his verse, but then yeah, yeah, and I think he, I think in well in the article, um, he does talk about how like he's not, I wouldn't say he's embarrassed about some of the lyrics, but he's definitely like, oh, I've grown up so much since then, and he was like, he because he's saying this is an article from ten years ago, so he was saying like, it's gonna be weird for me as a 30, 31 year old or whatever he was then to 
go back to something I was, you know, saying when I was 17, like, I don't know how that was going to feel, but then like he listened to it and he realized like, Oh, actually I was saying a lot of shit that actually, you know, rang true and still rings true. And it's not just teenage bullshit, but this is kind of like, has like a little bit of like it's some teenage naivete, but yeah. it's charming. And yeah. And like the, 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 I have a little note here about the, the female vocalist. So does he need a female rapper for the song, but he knew no female MCs. So he lied to a local girl he knew, a singer named Janine Jocks, and said he had a song for her to sing on. But when she heard it, obviously she was like, what the fuck is this? Because, <laughs> yeah, it does not sound like anything else that was going on around at the time, right? Oops, I jumped the gun a little there. But um, it does not sound like other stuff that's going on at the time. It's very much like has a weird kind of stop-start cadence thing going on just in the beat. And... uh it's you know it's 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 just unusual so i can understand it's a weird song yeah yeah, i can understand why she's like what are you asking me to sing on (laughs) but she fucking nails it and uh it really really works so here is a little bit of i love you from the intro and then we'll get to some of those uh verses that go back and forth yeah it's like an art art pop intro yeah i love you i love i love i love i love you Let's get a little into this. Song. Get the B drop. All right, here's the B drop. Let's get a little bit into this verse here. it is so fucking hard it's so hard and then like the vocals are so charming because she's just totally just ripping like what the fuck like you you're not you're not shit like who's your girl like what the fuck are you talking to me it's such like a misogynistic kind of song at first but then he leaves room for the the rebuttal the the rebuttal yeah such a good song like yeah yeah love it love it all right, and then we'll finish her off here with for our wet our uh, slaps with one more from the very end where you know uh here is do it. Did you have anything to say before we uh jump in? I think this song do it is like you know a lot of times like hip hop is so I think a lot of people it's demissive as like braggadocio kind of uh surface level kind of um superficial or whatever but like i think most money cash hoes yeah but if you grew up having those ever since you've been in your zapatos as jay-z said but i think a lot of young 
rappers making hip hop is like there's like this PTSD situation where it's like I think a lot of uh there's like a sadness to hip hop. And this song is like him being like totally depressed and like do it is about like yeah you know like he he wants to like he's struggling with with uh with living really is what mm-hmm. he's doing on this song yeah i mean again there's a lot of playfulness but it's always matched by some heaviness on this record there's always like the the duality of that because yeah. that's kind of the duality of his life right it was there's like, like a lot all of these beautiful fun times that, yeah depression exactly. that runs through hip-hop always goes unrecognized from the casual listener but yeah i mean the braggadocio stuff is often hiding as we said insecurity yeah. but just as much it's hiding pain right pain of an, a difficult yeah, upbringing like or pain of, for something yeah, yeah exactly it all uh, goes back to that suicidal mood. thoughts by uh biggie <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean that's a tough song great too. great tough song Songs very tough <laughs> or, skit in the beginning the one i'm asking myself should I keep living or should I blast myself? Oh, yeah. Tupac. Jesus, yeah. Is that Tupac? That's Tupac, right? There's like so many. I mean, we should put a trigger warning or whatever. Like, hmm. I mean, you know. Yeah, the song talks about people unaliving themselves. Suicidal thoughts are very, it's very, uh, yeah. It's heavy. It's gnarly. It's a real it thing is. that happens to people. And it's, it's, happened, uh, it's happened to me and it's, I've experienced it I in think- my life. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think all of us at some point have felt that. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why this record yeah. hits so hard is because despite yeah. the fact that we we didn't our we ourselves did not live on like a council estate in London yeah. sp- that specific neighborhood, we did grow yeah. up in Santa Maria. We grew up we, in a different neighborhood yeah, in exactly. London. When we yeah. uh we grew up in Hackney. <laughs> we well we experienced, <laughs> you know. We also but experienced no, but, uh, tough times and whatnot. Like we know, we we've all been there, and like yeah. that's why it hits so hard. Is because he's talking about his specific experience, yeah. but it becomes universal because of that. Because he's being yeah. so specific about like his thoughts and feelings about how he's yeah. You know, depression is like a very common theme in music, and especially in hip hop. And I think people don't think about that. In yeah, hip-hop. they don't give it. It's yeah, they don't give it. It's, it's due. due. It's not yeah. giving it. A, yeah. Um, yeah. And this song is specifically about thinking about like he's like kind of taking stock of his life where he's like shit like is life too hard to continue and uh, it's very uh, it's poignant yeah it's a poignant song he's kind of just like hey that's just the way it is that is that's just, just the, way, the it way it is. So here we go. Here is some of Do It. I think some of those lines right here that we're talking about here is Do It by Dizzy Rascal uh, to end the album here. Mother, mother, I'm going back to my old ways. Sometimes I wake up wishing I could sleep for good. And if I had the guts to end it, all believe I would. It's getting boring always being miserable and sad. Shit, I would love to be polite. I really wish I could. But last pressures often get me down. Sometimes I feel there's not a lot to smile about, so I frown. And I took a big whole heap of madness because my life's a big whole heap of madness. I've seen a lot. Yeah, man. Fuck, yeah. He's talking about some real so fucking shit. Raw too. Be rules, yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of got like a video game kind of like Final Fantasy kind of yeah, like yeah, like, pseudo like kind of Japanese instrumentation uh, or something. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Yeah, we talked about it before that. Uh, what was that movie? Merry Christmas. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Ryuchi yeah. Sakamura. Yeah, Ryan, yeah, Ryuchi. Rest Sakamura. in peace. Rest, Rest in, in peace, King. Kind of yeah. has yeah. that kind of. Yeah, kind of like yeah. that J-pop kind of. Yeah, yeah this sort of. 80s synth kind of um, texture so good yeah and to to end the record like that with just like this heaviness after you know you've been you've gone through like all of the the partying gone through all of the the other shit it's uh, pretty wild it's called it's called do it and then on the album cover he's wearing like nikes which like the uh just do it it. like Mm. you know he's kind of like I don't know. I think Dizzy Rascal is like really kind of mining the human condition in a way that a lot of hip hop, especially like debut albums of hip hop, yeah, like fair. young kids do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like definitely you know, Illmatic. I mean, Illmatic. Yeah, it reminds no, me of that. Big East for record. Uh, ready to die die. you know tupac's i mean all of these guys like all the people that he's you know that were influences ptsd and like you know kind of Mm -hmm. like life don't give a shit about me so i don't give a shit about life so like yeah Yeah. well capitalist alienation at the end of the day alienation yeah of course i don't know it's sad like it's just like Hip hop music can make you sad as well as like any other type. Figure of music. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and it should like as any good art, it should get you pumped. It should get you make you sad. It should give you all of the emotions, the full gamut of the human experience. Because you know, just like anything, hip hop is capable of talking about yeah. any aspect of human experience. Yeah, um, I got so, kind of teary eyed now, guys. Sorry. Oh man. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Well, let's bring it back up a little bit. Let's talk. Let's talk our wax. I don't have any. I don't have any wax. What about okay, you, there, there is a whack on this album. Caleb oh. got it. Yeah, yeah. That Caleb, fucking song okay. Jezebel sucks. It, is, it needs to go. Which one is it? Jezebel. I was definitely cringing. It's, it's, uh, oh, yeah. It's a little too hard. There's actually, actually, well, little spoiler. This album's super fucking solid. It's not perfect. There is some, like, kind of songs that are not really that fleshed out they're kind of like treatments you know of things which is super cool because it's like yeah it's like dude figuring out how to make beats like doing these little rhymes but they're like kind of i don't know there's there's a little bit of bloat basically on this album which is like i'm not gonna like you know fault it for let's hear it. but jezebel is fully like a fleshed out song that i don't know it's just let's hear it it's kind of hard to you know what it reminds me of is that city high song the um no the you know that kind of just like super moralizing fucking like slut shaming kind yeah. of shit you know yeah, which is like that one? the what would you do if your son was at <laughs> <Yeah>. home <laughs> trying all it's it's just kind of like why yeah. that guy was on intervention that shit the dude from oh. city high was on, <laughs> intervention? was on intervention i fucking love intervention yeah. so anyways let's I hear am, it Jessica. that's where i'm headed but i, do I don't have... know it's and i'm not trying to like moralize about him no. moralizing yeah it's just it ages pretty poorly it's even for a six 17 18 year old making it yeah and actually i have a little here's a little last little bit from that article but he he, because he talks about that here he says 
So when he looks back on writing tracks about girls and sex like Jezebel, he admits to, quote, being kind of a cheeky shit. Growing up as in such a bastard. Yeah, growing up in such a promiscuous kind of culture, it was almost competition to kind of fuck as many girls as you could. Same thing, girls would get around. I had that kind of perspective on it, but I don't know if I was really about one person in particular (laughs) thinking about it. That's kind of how I saw sex at that point. Maybe women at that point. Now that I'm older, I don't that's not necessarily a good thing. That's not good. So he freely admits like this is kind of cringy. It's teenage shit. And like, yeah, man, like we all get it. Like we were all fucking 17 18 yeah it's like the i love you song has the rebuttal but this one is just unabashedly but it's also kind of a weak song in terms of it is it's it's a little bit just kind of drags and it just doesn't have a lot of dynamics i don't know it's It's coming in towards the end too like do you really need it here you're trying to finish strong and it's a little bit of a let's hear a bit of a dip yeah let's hear so here is jezebel by dizzy rascal yeah that's just a weird song yeah yeah I skip skip that one I like the beat. I think the beat has potential, but yeah, it's just it's it, it doesn't beat, come together. Like you said, it has potential, but it doesn't it's like escalate or yeah. go in any other direction. Yeah, it's just kind of, yeah. this, it's just like kind of like monotonous thing. Kind Always. of a one, well, kind of a one note compared to like all of the other tracks. Yeah. A lot of the other tracks where things yeah. expand and grow. It's a waste. All, all right. right. Well, should we rate it? Yeah. Caleb. Yeah, let's do it. You want me to rate it? Start off. Um, just very, very impressive album. Hard ass beats, like just so well constructed. Especially it's kind of just this DIY kind of approach. I mean, it's it's a very special album, but it does fall victim to bloat here and there, not too fatally. But I I got to give it a nine. I'm gonna give it a nine. Nine. The highs are I, high. The lows aren't exactly low, but I, don't I know. hear you, Caleb. About There's the not some love tings here, here and there. <laughs> it's just nothing here. That that song also kind of. <laughs> yeah, that, that line's like. <laughs> play that, Adrian. Play that. <laughs> no, we're good on that. Let's That's, that track is here. a little. <laughs> what song is that? Love thing, right? It's just love no, it's uh. A super superstar. That's all. Well, what's it fucking? What's it called? I can't remember what it's called. No but... Oh, round we go. Round we go. Yeah, yeah. round. Yeah. Round, yeah. round we go. Round we go. That yeah. song's a little. I don't know. It's a little grating, but <laughs> anyways. <laughs> no, I love uh, that song. Time. Like round, like what you were just saying. This reminds me of like a weird, like like post punk album or something like. So yeah, ang- angular and like so angular, gnarly. yeah. Dude, that's I so think, funny. When I got done listening to this album today, the next song was The Fall. Oh, yeah. There you <laughs> go. Make the algo. Just, make the algo. It's a hell of a one, two. Uh, I uh, mean, it's British, right? Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, Noah, what's your what's your number? I'm going to give it a 10. It's Oh, it's, oh shit. It's sloppy in wait, its wait, way. Wait, wait, wait. Perfect 10. 10 it's, alert. It's sloppy in its way, and it's over, you know kind of 
shaggy, but like that's what makes it good. So like I'm just gonna give it a ten because Wow. Yeah. That, it's just like it's it hits. It's imperfect imperfections kind of makes it perfect or whatever. Sure. Wow, okay. So nine, we got ten. I'm gonna kind of split the difference here. I'm gonna go nine two. I think nine four is high ish for this, but I think it's it's definitely above a nine. I'm gonna go nine two. Yeah, I think it's it's a solid record through and through. There there is as Caleb you, you brought up here, like there are some elements and some moments where it gets a little bit pulled down, but they're few and far between, and they're really like it's not as egregious as some of the other things you know records we've listened to, uh, where some songs just really throw things off. So yeah, nine point two. Very nice. Nice. That gives it a 9.4 in total. Wow. We nailed it. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. This was not planned, folks. It's just the way it goes. Sounds about right. It's just the way it is, dude. All right. What's next? What happened to this guy? He's, yeah, he's still around. I feel like he came out too kind of. The album after this one. Kind of sucks. Showtime. No, Showtime? no Showtime? I thought Showtime was good. good. Yeah, it's more like well, the one that got more hype was the in- mass in English, right? Yeah, that, that was kind of good. like, oh, he's bad. So Showtime, he like moved to like Houston and was gonna make like an album with like UGK. Yeah, UGK, but then he got like stabbed. Oh, and so he yeah. left. No, he got by a skank. Country. He was gonna. Make well, he like had a- that fucking sick ass song with UGK. Yeah. yeah, that song is fucking so yeah, yeah, good. I forgot about that. Where's the blicks? Where's the yeah. weed? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. That song that might be shit. my favorite Dizzy Rascal song. Actually. <laughs> that song is the shit. That song's the so shit. The, imagine that. There should have been a whole album about that, but he got stabbed in the United States, so he had to leave. And then yeah. he came out with like a bunch of dance albums, kind of. He switched his flow. Yeah, he definitely yeah. moved into kind of a more housey. What about Pussy Hole? That was a good song. Oh fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> Can't forget oh, about Pussy Hole. Pussy Hole. Um, um wow. Showtime's good. Math and English is good, and then I fell off after that. Yeah, tongue in cheek. I never really got into. I feel like Math that. and English got a, a lot of like, kind of a lot of hype. They're like, uh, it did. It was kind of like for sure. Dude, like UGK trying to form. That song's the shit. That song, gotta, that album we'll, is the shit. We'll cover Where's that at yeah. some point because Where's that's a, that was another <laughs> shit. Yeah, that was another big record for a friend group that just kind of it's like we're the girl really that took got, over. Said the yeah. got the good head at. <laughs> Where's the blicks? Where's the weed? Oh, I remember had to like look up the slang. I was like, "What are blicks?" So, it's like a knife. Yeah. I forgot about that song, Caleb. That song, <laughs> that's shit. Dude. Front of the Did show. You, Friend of the show, Nat. Fucking, that's his album. Yeah, oh yeah, we got to get oh, him. Oh, was that uh, Kings of the him talking about or... that? But anyway, Noah, did you have a game for us? Yeah, so I have a game. Not really a game. I kind of took it from a other podcast, a film podcast that I follow. I'm going to name you some albums. You tell me, is Dizzy Rascal, Boy in the Corner, better than th- the said album? From the 2000s. Okay. So, what's better? Dizzy Rascal, Boy in the Corner, or Ghostface Killer, Supreme Clientele? 
Anyway, point, there's so. no, is there a right or a wrong answer? No, I think this yeah, is just what opinion. What do you clientele? Anything. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm unfuckable with. All right. What's better? Boy in the corner or Stankonia? Oh, I have more of a connection with Boy in the Corner, but yeah. no, Stankonia is Stankonia pretty, is pretty genius. Epic. It's pretty genius. That's say? a tough one. I'm going to go with Boy in the Corner. Just had a shirt of ignorance. Adrian? I got to go Stankonia. It's okay. just, there's too much there. All right. The Black Album. Same year. Jay Dizzy Rascal. I love the Black Album. It does but... feature the guy from Saliva. So, <laughs> no, that's that's the blueprint. I cannot right? abide. It doesn't matter. It was eventually he was going to collaborate <laughs> with him. So, it, like, so taints, it taints the whole oeuvre. Yeah, you say Dizzy Rascal. No, yeah, boy in the corner. All right. What about the blueprint? Big Jay Z guy. Jay Z again. The oh. Yeah. Is that the album with the guy from the. Yes, saliva? it is. It yeah, is. The boy in the corner all the way. You're so lame. <laughs> I gotta give it to I like That's I love a that weird record, move. So. No, I don't, I <laughs> yeah. Good. Like why don't why wouldn't you just use what do you the do, Adrian? You the blueprint or are you the... the blueprint? I'm a blueprint. Oh shit. Over yeah. dizzy. Okay. Over dizzy, yeah. Fantastic damage. The LP record? Yeah, LP. No, no the LP. Yeah, it's LP, right? It's like who's on first? Yeah, the, the LP LP. LP. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a that's a really that's good a, record. That's like this is like yeah. What do you think? And also similarly, mine some some dark shit. Uh, dizzy. I got. I think I'm gonna go dizzy in the moment yeah. now, but that might just yeah. be because of yeah recency, recency bias. bias yeah. I'll we'll have to dig into the, some of that Caleb. stuff. Caleb. Um, I'm probably gonna have to go with Fantastic Damage. I think if I I feel like yeah. gotten deeper wow, with that okay. album. Yeah, All right, maybe yeah. I don't know, maybe not. Dizzy Rascals, country, country person. Are you Lar? Mm. Mia. Yeah, I think Ari Lar is more. Is it better though? More important, maybe, but I don't know. If it's better. No, not... it's not important. It's just better or worse. Okay, yeah, or just so, better. What I'm gonna like say. Better? You got two, BIDC. two records in your hands. Which one do you put on? BIDC. Okay. Yeah, Caleb? same. Same. Okay. MIA again. Kala. Ooh, that's harder. That one's better probably, right? I think Kala w- wins on that one. It's just a Caleb? little bit more expansive. Yeah, in terms Caleb? of sound. I'm thinking in terms of like what? Is more like more burrowed in my conscious. I'm gonna go with Boy in the Corner. Yeah, I would think it's I'd just agree. more present to All present right, to I got mind. It. I got a good one. This one's good for you, Adrian. Hell hath no fury. Oh, the clips. I'm gonna give. I gotta give it to clips on this one. Yeah, that's that, that's, that's like that's, a perfect fucking album. Through and through. Like, that yeah, is, that's, that's literally a, a perfect one. hip-hop album from second zero oh one <laughs> to the end. Yeah. Sure. All right. One that, that might be the next episode. One that we've done before. I'm calling an audible. One that <laughs> we've done before. Mad Villainy. Ooh. It's Mad, Mad Villainy. I gotta go with Mad Villainy. Yeah. It's just, it's too much of my, yeah. my favorite I shit. I got one. Carter 3. Well, I know you, I know what your answer is to that. Carter Noah. Me? Yeah, Carter 3 is like one of Noah's favorite albums of yeah, all time. He's talking about, he talks about it constantly. It's one of the best of all time. I mean, 
it's so fucking good. I've said this it many times. It has that same just just deep weirdness of yes. this album too. Like, it's they're very, very bizarre. They're spiritually, this like we very are not the same. Albums. I am a Martian. I'm a Martian. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've said this many times before, but that is the only record where, when it came out, I was living in Long Beach, and literally every car that was passing by was playing a different song from that record. That yeah. was the only time I ever experienced that. <laughs> literally yeah. every car that passed by was playing a different single from that record. It was incredible. Yeah. That first that song like a special insane. moment. Uh, you got any more? We uh, uh, wait, Caleb, what'd you say? Car three or uh? Oh yeah, car three. Yeah, cars oh, better, yeah. better than Boy in the Corner. Yeah. yeah. Card I mean, it's a little, little way in at the top donuts. of his height. Donuts. Donuts. Yeah. Okay. Countrymen. The streets. Grand don't come for free. Oh, Dizzy. I yeah, love that dizzy. record. I do love that streets record, but uh, Dizzy right. Dizzy takes it. Sorry. Anyways, I just did this game just to give us some more albums yeah. that we can do in the future. Yeah, here, here's a little that's a lot of material to mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, uh, that's Streets episode. Who should we get on for the Streets episode? They like D Max. This one's better though. The first album or the, the second one I think. material. The second original Pyre material is good, but the one where he gets big up your area. Original the dense. The dense one's the second one, right? Where it's like what the fuck? It's like choose your own, yeah. But it's original like, pirate material is this the shit. They Pick both up your area. Yeah. Original pirate material. First, like, whoever told you that it was like, dude, you guys got you got to check out this English rapper. He yeah. doesn't rhyme. He's tight. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just like, wait, what? Yeah, it was like hearing like Outcast for the first time. It was yeah. like, dude, these people are. You could do weird. that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Storyteller. Like, yeah, dude. Yeah. His name's Mike Skinner. He's English and he's white. <laughs> yeah. And he raps. <laughs> the fuck all right yeah okay. good shit good shit let's close it out okay. oh what's next yes you what's next baby piece of shit we have a big one man a big we got one. a big one we actually have our 50th episode 50. five oh incredible 56 yes yep and we will be doing just get a... rich or die hard trying <laughs> You're just calling it. Just calling it. God, we'll be doing that. that 2003. Uh, yeah, we'll be doing the game. What's that album called? Oh, oh the uh, documentary. The documentary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good yeah. one. Those yeah, okay. Dre beats are fucking sick. Still. <laughs> yeah, it's all but, Dre beats. Yeah. But anyway, so we'll be doing a uh, Universal Consciousness by none other than Alice. Alice Coltrane. Uh, how are we nasty. gonna talk about that? We have it's no business talking about this. <laughs> yeah, we should just make like just weird noises and utterances, and just can we like, get like a professor to yeah. like? We have two weeks. We have two weeks to pull some shit together. We need I don't to talk know, to one though, of our, but like we need we to talk both, to one of our interns. I don't know, but I've listened to that album a bunch of times, so I'll just tell you how it makes me feel because it's one of the best albums ever, fucking on earth. It's it is, and to come in. I won't even say on era, Earth because it's 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 out <laughs> it's there. It's not on Earth. It's yeah. not of this Earth, baby. It's it is an incredible piece of art. I mean, Al Coltrane is one of the all time greatest uh, musicians and of all time, not just jazz yeah. musicians, but musicians in general. It's, talk about first songs. I mean, it is. Ooh. It's the one. Yeah, 
It's the most insane start to an album that you've ever heard. I'll just that's a teaser. Yeah. Listen yeah. to it. It's it's Listen it's to gonna it. be a a daunting challenge to really dive in, but yeah, I think I'm not we're up smart to enough it. to talk about jazz, but <laughs> We'll figure it's out. Gonna be all, best, it's going to be a. It's going to be a high. It's it's our fiftieth episode, which is kind of a landmark. It's going to be a pure vibes episode. Yeah, <laughs> like we don't need to get all this like a high fluent like fucking talk. No, no, we'll no. just vibe out. Just vibe out. No, yeah. I mean we're. I don't know. <laughs> okay, we listen to a lot of jazz and shit. Like, we're, oh yeah, 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 we're jazz cats. We're jazz yeah, heads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that album is important. Yes. You know, yep. that kind of shit. Yeah. Anyways. Yes. You, you guys know jazz. You know jazz. Yeah. But uh, uh yeah. Tune so in yeah. next time. Yeah, close it out. We're All getting right, under we go. two two hours. Let's go. Uh, I think we can do this. Thank you to Kiki for our theme song. Thank you to Adrian for your stellar production work. Thank you to Noah for your games and your spiritual leadership. Make sure you follow us at the socials. That's Wacker Slaps at Instagram. Twitter and letterbox that is at Wacker Slaps once again. Hit us up on email. That's wackerslaps at gmail.com. For Noah and Adrian, I am Caleb, and this has been Wacker Slaps. And as always, I leave you with this burning question. What made Milwaukee famous? You tell me. What? No sweet? Okay. <laughs> no sweet. <laughs> No sweet this week. <laughs> <laughs>